No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we return to our study of the book of Daniel. We will consider the 77 prophecy revealed by the angel Gabriel. This is one of the most amazing prophecies in Scripture. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Daniel chapter 9 on Simply the Bible. Daniel had a great heart for his people, the Jews, and he longed for them to return to their homeland from Babylonian captivity. As he considered Jeremiah's prophecy that the Jews would be held captive in Babylon for 70 years, he prayed and confessed his sins and the sins of the nation. Then he earnestly prayed that God would hear and forgive their sins and restore Jerusalem and the temple. God was about to answer Daniel in a way that he could never have foreseen. We continue in Daniel chapter 9, verse 20. Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. Now, I have experienced some pretty amazing times of prayer, but I've never had an angel show up in the middle of my prayer. Now, while Daniel was praying, Gabriel arrived in the evening. Daniel knew it was Gabriel because he had seen him earlier back in chapter 8. Then Gabriel helped Daniel to understand his vision about a ram and a goat. Now Gabriel arrives with good news about the future. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Now from this, we observe a couple of interesting facts. First, as soon as Daniel began to pray, God dispatched Gabriel because Daniel was greatly beloved by God. We can expect answers to our prayers when we are aligned with God's will and praying in faith. Second, we see that Gabriel came to explain the matter that was on Daniel's heart and give him skill to understand. Clearly, God wants us to understand Bible prophecy. It's sad that many Bible preachers and teachers avoid speaking on prophecy because it's too hard to understand, but God wants to give us understanding. Verse 24, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now, the word weeks is probably not the best word here because in the original language, it literally means sevens. Daniel began praying because the 70 years had passed and he wanted to see his people return to Jerusalem. God would bring them back and the temple and city would be rebuilt. But there was so much more to God's program for his people Israel. Seven is the number of completion or perfection. There are seven days in a week, 
and then the week is completed and we start a new one. 70 is seven multiplied 10 times. 77s or 70 times seven further expands the concept of completion or perfection. Gabriel revealed that God appointed 77s to complete and perfect his program for Israel. This is considered by many Bible students to be the most remarkable prophecy in the Bible. Daniel would have been happy with the people simply moving back to Jerusalem and the temple being rebuilt, but God had a much greater plan than Daniel could have even imagined. Six things would be accomplished in the span of these 77s, which refer to 77-year periods or 490 years. First, it would finish transgression. Israel's pattern of transgression and rebellion against God would finally be put to rest. Second, it would make an end of sins. God would finally make an end of the sins of Israel. This would begin in bringing the Jews back from Babylonian captivity, for they would finally turn away from worshiping idols. But the complete end of their sins will not occur until God judges all sin and rebellion in the future and turns Israel back to himself. Third, to make reconciliation for iniquity. Again, this was partially fulfilled with the atonement of Christ on the cross when he made reconciliation for the sins of mankind. But the Jews as a whole rejected Christ as Messiah when he came the first time, but when he comes again, they will receive him, and all Israel will be saved according to the Apostle Paul. Fourth, to bring in everlasting righteousness. This refers to the messianic kingdom of righteousness on earth that begins after Christ's second coming. Fifth, to seal up vision and prophecy. Now, at that time, no more vision or prophecy will be given, and that which has been given will be awaiting complete fulfillment. And sixth, to anoint the most holy. The most holy place of the temple will be anointed. This probably refers to the temple that will be built during the millennial kingdom, according to the prophet Ezekiel. These six things would complete God's program for the nation of Israel. Verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublesome times. Now, history tells us that the decree of Cyrus the Persian in 538 BC would enable the Jews to rebuild their temple, but the decree to rebuild Jerusalem would not occur until 445 BC under the reign of King Artaxerxes of Persia. This was given to Nehemiah, the Jewish cupbearer, to the king whose heart was broken over the broken walls of Jerusalem. Now from the time of that decree, there would be seven sevens, or 49 years, and then 62 sevens, 434 years, until the Messiah, the Prince, would come. That is, there would be 483 years from the issuing of King Artaxerxes' decree until Christ. Now the Babylonian and Jewish calendars were based on 12 lunar months, they would then add an additional month as needed to correct it with the solar year, making it a lunisolar calendar. The street and the wall of Jerusalem would be built in troublesome times, and it would take 49 years to finally clear out all the debris in Jerusalem and restore it as a thriving city. 
You can read the book of Nehemiah to see how much trouble they faced in accomplishing that task. Exactly 434 years later, Messiah the Prince would come to Jerusalem. Jesus fulfilled this prophecy to the day when he made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey and proclaiming himself to be Messiah. Now, if the Jews had been more aware of their own prophecies and seeking the understanding of them, then they would have been expecting Christ to come. But we see how marvelous are the prophecies of God. There's nothing like them. And when we take them to heart, take them literally and ask God for the interpretation, they give us tremendous light about the things that are to come. And after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. The Messiah would not establish his earthly kingdom at that time. Rather, he would be cut off or killed, but not for his own sins. This was the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy in Isaiah 53, 8. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. Now, at that point, the 490-year clock stopped after a total of 69 sevens, or 483 years. After rejecting their Messiah, Israel was now set aside by God as a nation, and the church age began as the Holy Spirit gathers a bride for Christ from among the Gentiles as well as from among believing Jews. The purpose of this parenthesis in God's program for the Jews is to preach the gospel to every nation, and we are still in this church age. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood, and till the end of the war desolations are determined. After Christ was crucified, the people of the prince to come would destroy Jerusalem and the temple. Of course, this happened in 70 AD by the Romans. It was as overwhelming as a flood. And the Jewish historian Josephus records that one million Jews were killed in Jerusalem at that time. The temple caught on fire, the gold melted, and the Roman soldiers demolished the temple stone by stone to recover the gold, fulfilling Christ's prophecy that not one stone of the temple would remain upon another. And till the end, desolations are determined. Now that would seem to speak of the desolations that the Jews have endured since they were scattered throughout the world in 70 AD and then were without their homeland. It would encompass nearly 1900 years of anti-Semitism, including the Holocaust. But miraculously, and in fulfillment to Bible prophecy, God reestablished the nation of Israel in 1948. And since that time, the Jews have been returning to their homeland from all over the world. Yet Israel continually remains in the news as a target of the hostile nations surrounding her. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. Now, who is this he? The last person mentioned is the prince who is to come, whose people destroyed the temple. So we believe this refers to the Antichrist who will emerge from the reformed Roman Empire, that is, from Europe. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven, that is, for a seven-year period. At the signing of this covenant, the clock will start ticking again, and the 70th seven for Israel will begin. We believe that this will enable Israel to rebuild their temple and reinstitute the sacrificial system of worship. 
But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. Now, what does that mean? Well, three and a half years after the covenant is signed with the Antichrist, he will end the temple sacrifices and demand to be worshipped as God. This is known as the abomination that causes desolation, and Jesus referred to it in Matthew chapter 24. This will begin the last three and a half year period known as the Great Tribulation, when God will pour out his wrath upon the world that follows after the Antichrist or the beast and receives his mark. This must happen before Christ can return to establish his kingdom. So very soon, Jesus is coming for his church. We believe this strongly. Nothing else needs to take place before that happens, and it could happen even today. Jesus said in Luke 21, 28, concerning the signs of the last days. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. If Christ came today, would you be ready to meet him? Are you living for him? being watchful and ready so that when he comes, you will love his appearing? Or are you living for yourself, for the world and for its lusts? Even though the days in which we are living are evil, we must remember to look up, to lift up our heads and know that our redemption is drawing near. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast, and please leave us a review. It helps a lot. Tomorrow we will see that Daniel seeks understanding from the Lord for three weeks. An angel is sent to him, but the prince of Persia resists him. This man comes to reveal to Daniel what will happen in the latter days. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Daniel on Simply the Bible.